Welcome to Sick Addictions with Jocelyn Stone. Every man and woman has one. What's yours? And now your hostess, Miss Jocelyn Stone. Hello out there in podcast land, Jocelyn Stone here, episode 153, and I got the most amazing opportunity. Everybody has heard me talk about stockroom, kink lab, siren latex. You've heard me talk about those those companies. Well, they're one and the same. They're all linked together, and they are owned by Joel, JT, JT Toys, JT's collection of toys over at Stockroom. Also, if you have been to AVN and been to the very top floor at AVN in Las Vegas in January, they have a fetish kink dungeon, all the naughty dark stuff that you can play with. Well, Stockroom is the one that does that too. Joel is the uh, the trailblazer. He's unbelievable. And what I thought was going to start out as a quick little, you know, this is what we have, you know, this is where you can get it, turned into one of the most unbelievable interviews I think I've done ever. And the way he started, how he started, kinky-minded people out there, you know, him being one of them, he's never forgotten where he came from. And Stockroom University, you can actually go to a physical location and see things that are um, demonstrated in front of you. I've been to their CBT class, cock and ball torture. That was an amazing class. Um, it, there's just, he does everything. They do everything. People that have worked at the company for years and years and years. Um, customer service, you actually speak to a human being. You want something custom, they will talk to you. If you're nervous and you don't want to talk to them directly on the phone or walk in, you can IM them. Um, I am customer service and have a chat with them that way. Keep everything super discreet. So, I mean, is there a loophole that that he's left open? I don't think so. I don't think so. And you know what? Let's get to it. Let's just get to it because this interview is mind-blowing and so educational. And I truly hope you enjoy it as much as I did. So, Joel from stockroom.com, thank you so much for taking the time out to allow me to pick your brain on everything that is stockroom. My pleasure to be here. Nice to talk to you about it. And um, let's see, I did some research. FetLife, of course, stockroom is everywhere on FetLife. And I have a little bit of information about you. Um, as a college student, you started out 1988 student um, in what was it? An apartment, a garage? <laughs> <laughs> he giggles. I, uh, I was doing leather work on my living room floor in an apartment. Oh my god! In Glendale, which was just over the hill from Eagle Rock, and that's where I was going to college. I had 
leatherworking tools that at that time all fit into a shoebox in my in the bottom of the closet. So I would take those wow. out and do leather work, and that's where the company started, um, or you know, at least the beginnings of making products that I sold. Right. Uh, I got into making gear because I was a broke college student and couldn't afford to buy it. This was in the late 80s when mm -hmm. uh, kink products were hard to come by. Right. In, even in the small cities, you're probably out of luck. You'd have to maybe find one of the few mail-order sources. Uh, but in the big cities, there might be one store, one shop, or a couple places you could go. And it would be limited selection, very high prices. Right. And that's how I got started. And you started making your own your own stuff uh, for personal use, and then, or you saw a little I had, I had a, <laughs> an older girlfriend who was kinky, and we were adventurous, and mm -hmm. and I you were decided, living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was twenty twenty one years old, and I decided I wanted my own little collection of gear, just a few things like wrist cuffs, ankle cuffs, a collar, a leash, maybe, you know, just some, what I thought were the, which by the way, is one of our trademarks now. Bondage uh, basics. Yes. I love it. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. And I went to, went to the local shop mm -hmm. and the selection was limited. They had some nice things, but that stuff cost about five times as much as I thought it was going to. Oh. And it was actually the girlfriend's suggestion. She was a, a student at the Fashion Institute. She said, you know what? I took a leatherworking class last year. I still have the tools in a shoebox in my closet. Oh, my <laughs> if you, God. If you want to borrow them, maybe you should try making your own gear. I said, that's a good idea. Uh-huh. And so... Well, what do I need? I need leather, rivets, D-rings, some basic ingredients. Right. And I've got a business-to-business -business yellow pages and started looking for wholesale sources for these things. And I very quickly discovered they don't generally sell leather by the square foot or the square inch. They sell it by the hide. You know, you could go find some, well, I need uh, 100 rivets. How much is that? It's $6. Well, what's that? Well, that's a bag of a thousand rivets. How much is that? Twelve dollars. Oh, okay. Well, I'll take the thousand rivets. Yeah. You see, so pretty soon I had, uh, you know, whole hides of a whole hide of leather and lots of D rings and rivets and stuff. And I thought, okay, I think I just spent as much money as I would have spent on that expensive gear. But now I have the ingredients to make a whole gear so that's what i did all because and, they priced it out the, and sold it the way that they did yeah which was look fair enough at the time right. uh these i mean i used to think man they're highway robbery these prices are too high and then i these prices are too high right then i got into the business and i found out like oh these businesses take a lot of heat like if they have a retail store a lot of them back in the day would would have a lot of legal battles with and it's hard to get loans and from banks and you know right. there's a lot there were there was then it's not as much now but still a, a fair amount of hassle and extra expense and social stigma 
that comes with the territory, it was much worse in the 80s. It's it's way mellower now than right, it was then. Right, right. Everything is so much more accepting now. Yeah. But and, anyway, I started wow. making gear. I did my own very simple designs. I've never been really a genius designer myself. Concepts, I have some good ideas. And uh, some of those very first designs that I came up with mm -hmm. like in the late 80s when I was 21, 22 years old, we're still making those now. And some of them are still among our better sellers, not because they're the most genius, advanced, uh, high-end artisanal designs. They are good quality products. They work well and they're affordable. That That college student that I once was, once upon a time with a $50 budget, Translated in today's dollars, it's probably over a hundred. But right. uh, you know, I thought, well, for fifty bucks, I should be able to get some wrist and ankle cuffs and maybe a collar, right? No, <laughs> not then, and not now either. But because of inflation, that same amount of money, maybe a hundred bucks, you actually, if you're a broke college student, you can get those things now right. from us. Some other sources too, but. We were one of the a small number of companies that sort of led the way into like let's let's bring this stuff to the masses, make it more accessible, uh, deliver better value. And now, of course, we have very high end, very cool, high design stuff as well, mm -hmm. made by or designed by better designers than me. Like I still collaborate, I still look at things, but. Um, you, know. you got some designers that are really kicking it up. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so we have as well. We cover the whole spectrum, um, but always with an emphasis on value. That so we want to make sure people get their money's worth. Definitely. And I own uh, our brief talk uh, before starting this. I told you I own quite a few things and they last and I put them through it. And I know that you, that you stock room, everybody that works here, it's quality that comes out of here because I put it to the test <laughs> and that's the point, I guess, but I try. <laughs> um, so you went from, you know, the shoe box in the living room to, um, a website and e-commerce and order mail order yeah. and how did you jump into that with just was, a little bit of extra? Hype? I was on the internet in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Most people had never heard of the internet till the mid 90s. Correct. I was a student at Occidental College, and one of the things they provided was that every undergraduate student had an internet email address and access to the internet if they knew about it to log on and figure out how to connect and use it, it was there. It was available. Wow. And in the late 80s, that was something not everyone could do. You couldn't just get dial-up or DSL line, you know, run into your home. Like, you had to have it be connected. Right. You have connections to be connected. <laughs> um, even a lot of universities would only make email available to graduate students or to professors or whatever. But at Occidental, all the undergraduates had it, whether they knew it or not, whether they used it or not. And I used that email account to launch the business online. Now, this was at a time that the word e-commerce hadn't been invented. Right. It was 
a very underground concept to do business. Well, first of all, the internet itself was an underground thing that not most most people didn't know about. Right. And doing business there was even more underground. It was even questionable whether it was legal. It was certainly considered extremely uncool to <laughs> post a commercial <laughs> message to an internet news group or, God forbid, to send someone. There was no spam in the in the 80s or the early 90s. Right. There was no spam on the internet. Those that, that, those were the golden years, and we didn't know it. <laughs> we, we'd never experienced being inundated with spam. And right. then when spam started, it was just like one once or twice a year, like, wow, what was that? How did they get my email address? And now weird. you get a hundred a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now there's whole appliances devoted to, you know, at least attempting to filter that stuff out. Right. Nothing. Right. Business. There's always a business to do something. So I got online, you know, I didn't spam the news groups, but uh, it was actually one of my customers who was also a student. He was at the University of Chicago. Years later, ended up working for Stockroom for a little while. Uh, (laughs) But I had been experimenting with like, hey, you could mention that I have this print catalog, which is $2. If you mention it in the news group, you know, and a few people would send letters with the $2 check and I'd send them, send them a print catalog. And then this customer who was a student at University of Chicago, of course, all the University of Chicago kids are really smart, right? Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> he said, you know, why don't you just make a text document a catalog, you know, document version of your catalog that could be sent by email. And, and I thought, okay, I'm an idiot because I didn't already think of that myself. Uh But as soon as I had the suggestion, I'm like, yeah, I'll do that today. Immediately. Immediately. I have an hour later. Yeah. Well, (laughs) it took me within within a day or a day and a half, it was done. And I mean, I already had some descriptions written for my products because I had made a little like blog on the campus photocopy machine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, this this text version of the catalog didn't have any pictures in it because in those days, people might have been connected to the Internet, but they didn't. Most people didn't have the bandwidth the hard drive space or the equipment to properly upload, download, and display pictures. Right. In those days, the internet was all text. So, so you got to read it and imagine. Yeah. So you I, had to be really precise exactly. in your description. Yeah. It, and, for, you know, I was in college, but I was a decent writer. I nice. Got awards for my writing when I was in high school, mm-hmm. and I was an English minor in college, and... At Occidental, it was all about writing a lot of papers and, you know, whatever discipline you were in, they stressed writing. Right. Uh, So I was a competent writer. I could write clearly and persuasively and with enough personality. Now, these are the early days of e-commerce, the very, very early days. Really early. So with us, that meant sending us an email with your credit card number in it. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. and it was a completely untested, untried thing to place an order online. Right. So that catalog also had to, you know, convey some sense of the personality of the company, or rather, in that case, the person that you're doing business with. Right. Um, 
But you, you also know, had well checks as, mailed. There were checks, checks and credit cards. Yes. So that got started, and I I, I did that pretty quickly. I put the the text version of the catalog together, and then as soon as it was done, since I couldn't spam the news groups myself, but other users could talk about resources that they were aware of. So I sent an email to my friend at the University of Chicago and I said, it's done. Here it is. And I sent it to him and he read it and he's like, cool, it's a good document. I'm going to let people know on the news groups. Right. <clears throat> I'm going to let people know on the news groups that this is available. Mm -hmm. And he did. He mentioned it on a few news groups and then I got hundreds of emails and then I got thousands of emails because at that point in time there was now one sex toy company on the internet and I got a lot I got an avalanche of requests in fact I was cutting and pasting these email addresses into a file and I was doing it on a slow dial-up connection on antiquated equipment so it took a while to compile all these email addresses there's nothing automated how oh. And I sent out thousands of copies of this electronic text document. And then I sat and I waited and very little happened. I got a couple of orders. Really? Yeah. Because, well, sure, they're interested and they want to read this document, but nobody's done business online before. There are no pictures. They're just, it's, it was just a weird thing. Like only super, super early adopters. Right. On my side, we're trying to do business on the internet. Um, the, the internet at the time was government funded. It wasn't even, it was, I don't know if this was even legal to do business. <laughs> Probably not. Nobody was stopping us, but I don't know. Technically, nobody even knew to look for it because right. nobody had done it yet. Yeah. So I sent out a couple of orders mm -hmm. and those people got their products. They're like, Hey, this is good stuff. Good value. They posted about it. Then I got a few more and I got a few more. Right. It took like a year, really. By within a, a year, like a year later, I was like, wow, this is adding up. I'm getting orders like daily, you know, not like one a week, but every day. So you were making this stuff, physically making it yourself. Describing it, taking pictures of it, marketing it online. Pattern. And going to school. Yeah. Wow. Actually. <laughs> Talk about a side job. Well, I started, I started the company when I was in college, but by by the way, the oldest e-commerce company that I personally know of, of any kind on earth, uh -huh. <laughs> uh, that, I, that was the summer after I finished college was when I, that, when I was doing the electronic catalog. Yeah. I was, I was still using my campus email address. Well, you know, <laughs> a year they asked me to stop. They said, Oh, by the way, we're aware of your catalog mailings and we all think it's pretty funny, but it's clogging up our internet connections. Because <laughs> you're getting busy. Copies of this, so can you please? And by that time, I was able to find a commercial uh, dial-up. And you had a couple of bucks to do so. A couple, yeah, yeah, Not many so more than a couple. I mean, this it, thing started. But that's out what very it takes small. to start a business: is a couple of bucks, a, a good idea, and work ethic. Yeah. And you, it, you were it. You were well, the end all we be were, all. We were the first <laughs> sex toy company in the internet. We were the only one for a few years. The second one was a, another uh, very worthy company called Blowfish. They're still around as well. Uh-huh. Uh, and I believe they got their website up before we did. So they had the first uh, 
sex toy website. Ours was second, I think. We put it up in 19... We had a web presence in 93, 94, but the first like interactive website where you could place orders and all that, that, that happened in 95. See, this is amazing to me because the first time I ever went into an office that I worked in and, and, and dial up yeah. was 95. Right. So everything you're saying happened where you're saying, you know, the regular people, they didn't know that this stuff was out there, that the internet was functioning. Yeah. I'm in one the, of those people. These dates are like blowing my mind right yeah. now. In the early 90s, Joel, where are you selling this product you're making? Well, mostly on the internet. Next question would be, what's, what's the, the internet? internet? <laughs> yes. That changed yes. starting in 94. And by 95, most people that, you know, weren't rock had at least heard about the internet and within a few years after that most people got online right uh but by that point i stockroom had been online for many years almost a decade so at what point during this did you pick the name stockroom that happened in 1993 the original company name was jt toys Okay. I was JT. I was making toys. I sat around for 20 minutes trying to think of a cooler name and I couldn't think of one. And I thought it doesn't really matter. I'm going to do this as a career. Right. No, you would never do that. This is just a little (laughs) hobby business as a sideline thing while I'm in college. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go do something more normal once I finish college, like go to law school or maybe I'll become a psychologist. I was even pre-med at one point. I took some pre-med classes, uh, but then, so I, I named it JT Toys. Okay. 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 It was in 93, at that point I'd been out of college for three years, and now we had employees, and it was, and a lot more customers, and it was starting to grow, mm-hmm. and it was starting to look like, man, maybe this is my career, at least for the moment. Right. Like, not just like, well, I'm just in college now, or I'm just taking a little break <laughs> after college, and I'll still go to graduate school or medical school or something. Right. Just was actually, no, this is a growing business that's... Yeah, when you get employees. <laughs> and I thought, well, I never was very attached to or thrilled about this. JT Toys name it was never built to last. Mm-hmm. And um, so... I changed the name to the stockroom at that point. There was a actually a point for two years in the early nineties mm-hmm. when I ran the company out of a farmhouse in Southern Illinois. Oh my, my family had a 200 acre farm and there were two farmhouses on that farm. And one of those I moved into with my little business. The rent was almost nothing. Right. The cost of living was almost nothing. Right. It was very isolated but beautiful surroundings. And basically, after I finished college, you know, just the cost of doing business in L.A. and rents in L.A., if I wanted to have an office and an apartment and car insurance and health insurance, the business was very embryonic, very small at that point, And it was just not making that much. But if I went back to the family farm, then this little tiny trickle of business I had was actually enough to live comfortably. So that's what I did. Hey. I stayed there for two years. I used the farmhouse as an incubator for one of the world's first e-commerce companies. Yeah. My internet access was a long-distance dial-up phone call <gasps> to Los Angeles. 
Oh my god. At 25 cents a minute with AT&T. Thank I was you. just going to say that. <laughs> it was one of those rural areas where there was only one long distance carrier to choose from at that time. Right. And that was AT&T. And so, of course, they charged old fashioned 25 cents a minute rates. Yep. So, Ouch. Uh, yeah. So I would log in, <laughs> upload all my email communications really quickly, download the new email, and then cut the connection. To, to read everything and process. Right. You're not reading as you could. All day. You couldn't. No. I could do that when I you was had, in L.A. You had to be a millionaire to do that. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, that's so much money. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're spending so a lot of the time on the early days of the business. Yeah. In that's... That, in that house, mm-hmm. there were three bedrooms. Okay. I stayed in one bedroom. One bedroom was the production room where I had all my growing collection of tools and leather and D-rings and rivets and dye and scissors and blades and all the stuff that I was using to make the product. And the third bedroom was the stock room. Okay. That's where the name came from. Oh, it's in the stock room. Oh, go in the stock room and get this. I got an order. We got to ship it out. (laughs) The product is in the stock room. Yeah. We referred to that room as the stock room. That was one of the three bedrooms in that family farmhouse. It and makes then, sense. Yeah. So when when I moved it back to Los Angeles in 1993, mm-hmm. I said, you know what, this this business is, you know, ready to move back to the big city. Right. And be closer to, you know, where a lot of the rest of the industry is and a lot more people and, you know. Events. Uh, yeah. Stuff. Right. <laughs> Which you were bringing to the surface. So it was at that same time when we moved the company back to Illinois, I mean, back from Illinois to Los Angeles mm-hmm. and it started employing more people. It right. was taking off. I thought this needs a different name. And it just happened organically. Like, let's call it the stock room. And there's a little bit of a play on words there. Stocks, you know, it's a bondage right. item. Uh, and it, it also says something about, like, look, these products are like standard Costco-type items uh, right. for most people. Mm-hmm. But for sexually adventurous, kinky people, these are the basics. These are, like, the necessities of life. This is the stock. We want to stock up on these things. Yes, you you need those certain things. So those are some of the, I don't know. And the the the, thought, the 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 ideas or the history behind the company name, which you know, it, it also was kind of generic at the time, I guess, uh, for banks and the postal service and people getting shipments. I mean, right. there there was maybe something to be said in those more taboo times for having a a kind of. Uh, Slightly more generic sounding name, but it's developed now as a pretty well recognized brand for kinky people, for sexually adventurous. Yes. And you've also um, branched out with that. Another name that's you that um, I have personally all over my house um, is Kink Lab. Kink Lab brand we launched mm, sometime more than 10 years ago. Maybe closer to 15. Kink Lab just makes my little heart pitter-patter because I'm like, oh, I like it. It's well-made. I fall in love with every single piece that I've ever laid my hands on, whether I knew I wanted it or not. Mm -hmm. I'm like, ooh, 
Oh, I could use this. I can incorporate this with that. And, you know, it, it, you, Kink Lab allows me and everything stockroom allows me. To- right. And yeah, what's my stock? What, what do I need? What are my staples that I need? Yep. And Kink, you have that. The Kink Lab brand was developed to bring uh, Kink product to, to some new mass market channels like mm-hmm. the mom and pop adult store in Iowa, yes. uh, a lot of other websites. Um, one might not be as sort of kink identified or kink oriented as we are, but who still want to have that product. In fact, most such companies have gone much kinkier than they used to be. Like in the 90s, there were a lot of, you know, these are adult toy companies. Mm -hmm. So they're in the sex world, but even they were kind of sheepish about adding kink product to their lines. Right. Much less true nowadays. But even 10 years ago, it's 2016 now. So I would say even as late as 2005, they thought, oh, that's a little racy for us. I don't think most sure. think that way anymore. Now it's just a subcategory along with condoms, lubricants, dildos, vibrators, and here's <laughs> here, and the whips and Yeah, and all of it. There's still some specialty product that I think would scare them that we have. Or that yes. they they're like really or sounds like uh, Yes. Electro play. I mean, we still have our our more extreme products, but even in the electro side, mm-hmm. the neon wand is in the kink lab line, right. and that's done very well through some of what I would call the more mainstream adult distributors. Uh, that was a you know the violet wand market has been there since the nineties, and yes. we're one of the first national. To bring that to the market, and and it's popular. Yeah, it's but it popular. Really Vanilla expensive. people I know. Um, yeah, these know kids can is. be three, four, five, six hundred dollars and more. Yes, for the the specialty small run uh, kits mm-hmm. and kits, whole, and then attachments, and you right. can build up to it. The whole idea of the neon wand was to to make these kits more affordable, and we launched forty nine dollar retail price. Yeah, um, we make them overseas, and they're they're good quality uh, and more accessible to the mass market. Yes, and, that and was another thing that King Lab love those. Yeah. Love, love the neon wand. Oh my goodness! And then also, I think uh, it, it's amazing. You have so many functioning parts. There is stormy leather, mm-hmm. siren latex, yes, and um, the something that I love. Um, and not only is stockroom on the internet, world wide web, and everything, and, but siren boutique. I can actually go into, mm-hmm. I can touch, I can fall in love with, I can smell sure. the smell of the latex and see the leather and all of this. And I will say that I have more dress 
Actually, I have two. I have a black one and a red one (laughs) because every girl needs your basic cocktail dress, right? You can go red and flash. Has it in latex? You know what? That's their fucking problem. (laughs) I'm just saying. I kicked mine up a notch. I can't speak for the other girls in the room, (laughs) but I have two of them, and that is you. Oh my goodness! Yeah, the quality material for fashion because it definitely kick up, kick it up a notch in terms of how striking it is, in mm-hmm. terms of how sort of sensual and maybe suggestive it is, yes. even if it's the exact same cut and reveals the exact same amount of skin or lack thereof, mm-hmm. just the fact that it's latex and it's got that shine and that uh, form uh, hugging shape to it it's it's uh definitely like, catches the eye and and yes wherever you go <laughs> unless it's a latex party it will stand out it will stand out and i um uh i actually wore the red um to the red um Newmar dress mm-hmm. uh shined up and everything stood outside my car shined myself up and it was a party where they told everybody to wear red and i went huh this is going to be fun. Right, and I wore it, but I put a cute little shawl on with it. It was as a cocktail dress. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I got more attention. I'm like, it's siren. Mm. It's hello people, you know, well, and it was very vanilla. <laughs> it was very vanilla party, but I just had fun with it. The confidence that I feel when I get into it is it's fun and it's exciting and it's naughty but then again no it's not because exactly. i was wearing a lot more you know vanilla girls there who had their little tiny high knees hanging out and i'm like i'm covered all the way to my knees sweetie <laughs> don't judge me for being shiny right. <laughs> so that's one of my favorite things when i come to la is to go into siren where i can actually see right and yeah, those both those brands, Stormy Leather and Siren, <laughs> and also yeah. our publishing company, Deadless yes. Publishing, those are uh, became part of Stockroom by acquisition, um, and, uh, and now and, they're a part yeah. of this huge functioning machine. Yeah, Siren most of all. I mean, we were doing um, latex prior to taking over. Siren. Uh, it was more limited. It was it was all black and it was kind of latex play type stuff, like straight jackets, like mm-hmm. pretty involved things, uh-huh. pretty uh, designs. But as far as the more colorful, fashion fashionable stuff, we really branched out a lot more into that realm after the Siren acquisition. So in it's popular in Hollywood. Some of the most interesting and fun work that we get to do is for film, TV, and videos, the music awards and rock stars, you know, people that want to have that extra Mm. edge of latex. Like you were saying, it's, it, it works even when you're covered from head to toe. It could be a, a floor length ball gown. Yes. But if it's latex, it's got that extra edge to it. It has that extra kick. And um, custom designs. Now, mm-hmm. Siren, you can you can actually get custom designs 
looking for a specific um, cut. I want a Mae West type. You know, that's my go-to. I just love her, you know, all the curves. Um, if I want something cut a certain way, I can actually come in and speak with someone. Yes, or you can do it, it online and over the phone. It, it won't be ready in 20 minutes. Oh, no. Latex, unfortunately. <laughs> this stuff is that handmade here in Los Angeles wow. by a team of people that have been with Siren since before Stockroom acquired the company. Wow. Uh, some of them, you know, working with latex for 25 years. Uh, and like I said, it's handmade, custom designs, and it's in demand. Mm-hmm. So, we are always scrambling to keep up with the demand for that stuff. It, it does take more than a day to get it done, but it will get done. The quality is good. We try to keep the prices reasonable. Um, and yeah, that I've busy. seen. You really have kept your prices very reasonable. That we, I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, just within the last week, we've decided to add yet another person to that production team to keep up with demand. That's incredible. And but it takes time to mm-hmm. train that new person and yes. to get them up to speed with the, the methods, the materials. It's If you haven't worked with latex before, it's unlike uh, – you, you could be a, a seasoned garment designer, but there will be new things to master with the – With latex. Here. It is so unique. And um, I'm glad to hear that because then ordering stuff – You've got one more, you know, manpower getting it out there, but also quality and you acknowledging in the beginning, these people need to be trained and up to par. So you're not doing, you know, quantity, you're doing quality, the same as you were doing in your living room. But something that's interesting, and I know the listeners are going to get a kick out of, is there are three things, actually four things, um, that uh, I made sure that we had written down. Um, Batman Returns, the Catwoman outfit. Um, that is a, a classic siren design. That was gorgeous. Done in the early 90s. Uh, that was before Stockholm acquired Siren. It was done. The prior owner of Siren was, his name was Andy. And uh, he was a very talented latex designer. Um, and he was... Uh, fabricated that Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman outfit. Mm-hmm. However, after we acquired Siren, a couple years after we acquired it, um, we got a request from the Smithsonian to replicate it because they were doing <laughs> um, an, exhibit, an exhibit of film costumes. Oh, my God. And this was the only costume that was remade. Because the original was either lost or it hadn't been properly stored or cared for. and it, it, Latex has to be loved. Yes, that's true. Or it will retaliate. <laughs> so we did recreate it. Uh, that's, yeah. wow, for the Smithsonian. And, and it was on display in the Smithsonian, yeah. That's incredible. Wow. Now, that part I didn't know. See, okay. And then that's uh, new is American horror stories mm-hmm. and the one the the haunted mansion that was that was the first season of american horror story and yes. there was a subplot in there about the rubber man yes 
which I think that they created the rubber man mostly from off the shelf siren, uh, like a siren cat suit and a siren rubber hood. It was super striking and, and really great to see that. I, I actually was a fan of that, that show that season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Sure enough, there's the the siren product. Siren all over. Yeah, and there were some other, uh, there were some kinky sex scenes in that mm-hmm. in that season, and they, I think they used some of our other products as well. But there was was also a plot for one of their episodes where they actually went into um, a sex shop, right? And they shot that here at Siren. Yeah, so I got yeah. to to watch. It was a show that I was kind of a fan of and I got to watch part of it being made here in our building and all of the American horror stories that one is my favorite and it was just it had just these it was splashed with so much fun and kink mm-hmm. and to find out oh my god that was here it, that's it yeah, I love that it's I been really it. interesting to me to you know really really coming out of the closet in the late 80s when it's like, okay, I'm kinky and I've started a company that uh, (laughs) caters to kink clientele with kink product and I remember my mother at the time like, oh my god, what? (laughs) Where did we go wrong? What the hell happened to you? You You were just a nice college kid. You seemed to have so much (laughs) promise and then you took this weird left turn and who knows? Good for you time mm-hmm. it seemed like a really big step because there was so much more kink phobia in those days right. and you know uh like i said i was a nice college kid i didn't have to to i could have stayed closeted about this one aspect uh that that opened me up to uh accusations of abnormality or whatever right but i thought you know what I was in a, a, a very liberal, multicultural college environment, and this was the late 80s, and there was a lot of talk about uh, sexual liberation and feminism and uh, multiculturalism, and mm-hmm. let's not be racist, let's not be homophobic, and I thought, well, I understand all that because I'm, I'm in a, a sexual minority myself. Right. Only it's one that people aren't talking about yet, but I felt like they're they're gonna be. And, and aren't they now? Yeah. I took the plunge, I started the company, <laughs> I kind of came out of the closet and, and I was ready for the social costs and consequences of that. Like, well, maybe certain elements of my family will disown me or my friends or whatever. And it ended up not being, I mean, maybe it took courage for me to do it based on the fear that, that I had of what might happen. Right. But most of those fears didn't come true because I'd chosen such an opportune moment to do this. It was right at the time when the whole culture and the whole economy and whole everything just sort of relaxed on the point of kink. And it, it transformed from something that was scary and underground and threatening and pathological in some people's minds to then it became something that was just kind of funny and then it became something that was cool and now it's not that big of a deal. Maybe it still is, maybe a little bit, but nothing like it was. It's way less scary. It's way less taboo. 
and Stockroom was part of that. But Stockroom you took that ride and was part of that wave. Yeah, you broke happened. down so many barriers and gave people a place to to shop. And you know, you've got these mainstream people coming to you for for product for a certain look, and you already do that. Your company does this. Swift of all people, the bad blood video, Taylor Swift. I yeah. mean, Wearing one of the biggest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's incredible. HBO's True Blood. It's, it's actually a Taylor Swift is a perfect example of how you can be, you know, how you can use latex to put an edge onto your look, but without right. necessarily being, you know, she's she's has a modesty about her, right? Yes, she, she does. Want to show. You know, all but three square inches of skin or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you can put put a siren dress on. Edge it itself. really and truly does. And then you have quite a few. I mean, amazing, amazing lines. Um, you've got Kink Lab, of course, and then you have Joanna Angel. Mm-hmm. And then um, Dave Navarro has the bondage guitar strap. That is, um, Skin Diamond was the model in that video in mm-hmm. the photos. And those are oh, stunning, stunning. And to yeah, this. Working with Dave is really cool. And, you know, he's, and mm-hmm. he's got a lot of things going on. We actually have, it's not only the, the Dave Navarro guitar strap, that was the first thing that we released. And that's the only thing that's available to the public so far. But they're actually, is a line of products, including some latex fashion items. Uh-huh. Uh, we've been really busy. He's always very busy, so that's stalled a little bit. But it's going to come out but at some point. It's still there. Mm-hmm. The idea is there. It's the just sometimes it just takes a minute to make it happen. So everybody should definitely keep an eye out for that. And they can watch the YouTube video that, that Stockroom did. And I, that's a gorgeous video, but working with skin diamond is always great too. That's it's it's really easy to create great content with her. Yeah. No bad angles and there's no bad days Mm because she's really cool and personable. She is a good human. Yep. She shows up with a good attitude. She rolls with the punches. She is a good human because I've worked with her. I was even her driver in Vegas. Um, This was like a year and a half ago. It was just the sweetest little thing. Yeah, we worked with her to do a little bit of (laughs) video, product video. I think she was like 19 oh my before she was a big name, but she certainly caught my eye and I thought she had that potential and it certainly did happen. Yes. And then of course the JT signature collection, if nobody has seen this video, uh, just type in JT signature collection. Stoya is the adult star that you used mm-hmm. and you're in the video. You're playing the yeah, piano, playing the piano. It is so classy and so beautiful that I couldn't stop watching it. Number one. And you're actually playing the piano and it's like, Oh my God, could this, this is just, it was dripping with sexy mm. and she's wearing a collar and you're, you're calm. And they, yeah, are, it, it was, the concept was to convey a sense of beauty and elegance combined with kink, which 
that does work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A gorgeous woman like that laying on the piano was, oh. Yeah, we had a good time shooting that and uh, it, it showed off the product really well. That's that's some of the higher end, which yes. I collaborate in, but I have, like I said, better designers than mm-hmm. me who uh, who get the job done and it's got you know really high quality leather with beautiful stitching and color combinations and mm-hmm. gold plated uh, hardware. That's what I was waiting for. The gold plated hardware. I was like, no, that the yeah, founder of Stockroom should line. have that line. <laughs> gold plated. It is it's the eye and then it's just like oh yeah this is gold you know my little pet is going to be wearing this and it just I love it I love everything about it and then seeing the video I was like I kind of want this now <laughs> I think I know what my next thing is <laughs> well people have luxury cars and mm-hmm. uh, you know high end fashion and clothing and expensive watches and you know all these luxury items but isn't bondage gear more personal than so yeah it's it's nice to be able to offer some some higher end luxury touches yeah you're absolutely correct yeah your your toys your toys you should take pride in and yeah i'm with you on that and then it still costs a fraction for that whole set of what a lot of people would spend on a wedding ring or you know, oh, yeah. or a Rolex or, you know, it's a lot less than those things. And something that, you know, it seems that you've stayed so grouped and um, so humble and so kind for letting me do this, but do, your company still reaches out and teaches people things. Stockroom University. Mm-hmm. And headmistress Hudsey Hahn is she's the one that pulled me in in the very beginning. I think within the first month or two of doing this university, it now it's to the point where it's every week. Yes, um, you can find instructional things, um, very detailed professionals that come in do demonstrations. Everything is sex positive. Not only have I. Um, I've been an instructor in one of your classes, but also I have attended um, uh, a CBT class mm. and fell in love with it. And of course, what I did is I had thing come with me. Of course, we went right next door and bought sounds. <laughs> <laughs> well, that so, puts you definitely on the adventurous end of the spectrum, but we're all about that. That's- it, uh, you reach out to the the community still it's not just making some you know high-end products some reasonable product you have hit every avenue it is ridiculous you invite people in to your home almost my friends and this person is, this is their specialty and they're going to teach you this now right and from university amazing is, to me. yeah that's a it's an educational outreach it, it uh, it's synergistic with the company's other uh, activities, most of that content is not really very available worldwide as of yet, but we're working on that. Good. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, 
you know, podcasts might be the way to, 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 to because one of the that you say the word yeah. and I'm here for you. Whatever. One of the challenges that we've had with Stockholm University is with video, we want we want the 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 maximum number of people uh, feeling welcome and safe in the audience. Right. But then if we film that, some people even if we assure them like okay, we're just going to keep the cameras pointed at the stage, don't worry, you won't be but right. that it might be a deterrent for some people to comfortable coming to the classes so but if if we do it as a podcast that might be a good way to get going with making that content more widely available we've we have live streamed a couple of times there might be a little bit of it that's available on youtube but for the most part that's been a local thing right as is the store um but yeah. I love we that idea. It, that's probably a good And you to... also, something in that thought, because you've already created this, is just how to get it out to the masses. Um, and oh, I, I'll tell you, I've got people, I'm already thinking about getting into your um, whole classroom on this. But you do panels and discussions. Mm-hmm. And um, you did a trans panel at one point with Buck Angel. And then uh, with Morgan Bailey, that's one of my friends, mm-hmm. one of my really good friends. And um, you in do in the sexually alternative world, even with seven billion <gasps> people on the planet, it becomes a smaller world. To there's a interconnectivity that happens, and we tend to a lot of us know each other. I've known Buck Angel. I I, uh, I think I met Morgan that day. Yeah. Uh, but I've known She's Buck a Angel tall, for, tall girl. Right. <laughs> She's what, six foot six without shoes on? <laughs> I've known Buck Angel since the 90s. And wow. That, he married that girl I was telling you about before, the one with the shoebox full of toys in her closet. Uh-huh. So, yeah. That girl That's... of mine from the 80s, he married... About 15 years ago. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I I love this whole this whole concept. I I I'm fascinated by you and the fact that you just built this up from shoebox in the living room and just knowing you had a, a thing and went from there. You know, and I mean, my podcast is sick addictions because I've been told that's sick. What are you? What are you? Sex addict? Mm-hmm. You know, you help people feel like it's. Not like that. I'm just me. I can't be anybody else. I don't know how. You know, you make me comfortable. And I love that. I love that with the university. If I've got some some idea like CBT, I brought I brought somebody with me. And I'll tell you what, he's one of those people that's very fidgety and all this. I said, if you get fidgety, go ahead and stand at the back of the room. Um, you know, but don't disrupt. I'll tell you what, his mind he was pointed. He was right at that stage. Mm. Every, every slave that came up that, that was helping demonstrate. And it was, it was so well put together that I was just giddy over a lot of it. And that's my opinion on your university. So, um, but I know I'm taking, I'm taking up so much of your day, but I want to, um, do a just for those who maybe haven't heard stock room or didn't know where they could, 
other than, you know, an adult, um, an adult bookstore where they have that tiny dark closet, mm. you know, and they're still like that. But, um, some of the, the top sellers that we were looking at, we have, what is this one? Yeah, as you know, I ran a report. Yeah, he did. Everybody, he he ran a report to make sure this is dead on. And I think I yeah, have because I always all get of that the questions from year to year, you know, what the right. best sellers are. So the best sellers. The neon wand is still is still way up there. Yes. Um, one of my favorites. <laughs> there's There are several... Um, vibrating wand style vibrators that are um, that are ranking well. One is called the Doxy, which is a high-end one that's kind of new. Our own in the Kink Lab line um, called the Vibrite. Mm-hmm. And the Magic Wand, which used to be made by Hitachi, but it, uh, it's uh, Vibratex now, I think, distributes those. Oh. Called oh, the Original Magic Wand. Um the our, our ours the vibrite is similar to that, but it's cordless and it's uh, and it's it's a lot less expensive. I like cordless. Yeah. It, it's hard to get somebody close to a plug sometimes for me. <laughs> yeah, for you know, and in, in, for me, for us to carry a product, I just want to see that the value is there. Like for example, we I'm talking about wand vibrators. They range from the the. Um, I don't know, like around fifty dollars, maybe maybe even forty, all the way up to one hundred and thirty. Wow! And every single good value to me. Like, if you have the extra money, you want to spend the extra money for like the the, the top quality, top design, cordless, multifunction, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Here it is. Or if you want one that actually will do most of what that top end one will, but that's way more affordable. It comes down to so so yeah we carry luxury items and high-end and expensive you know basic affordable stuff and everything in between and the the measure for me is always just that it should be good quality and good value for for that price range right um, and just starting out you might want to start with something you make sure you like it before you go bigger certainly I like that concept. Vampire gloves are selling well. We've been doing those for almost 20 years, I think. I uh, love mine. Yeah, black <laughs> leather gloves with little pinpricks. So you can uh, get some some uh, interesting Yelp sensation. <laughs> I go for the Yelps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Depending on how much pressure or velocity you use with those. Mm -hmm. Yep, velocity. Yeah. And those are, and I will say um, a big joke with me is I have some of the tiniest hands and your vampire gloves come in various sizes Yeah, and I am very comfortable in yeah. them. You actually go small enough mm -hmm. that I can wear them. And that's a really big There's a lot of one size fits all in the mm -mm, adult world where it's not really all. It might no. be most. And in fact, if we when we have items like that, that's probably what we would say is one size fits most. And we try to because cover that's more sizes. accurate. You guys mm -hmm. are kind of not known for being bullshitters. <laughs> well, that, you know that was a commitment that I made from from day one. So well, you're. St it seems to me that you're sticking with every single commitment that you made from day one. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm testing.
I go in so far back going, come on, come on. I'm going to trip him up. I know it. I Um, have it. The Wartenberg Pinwheels is always a perennial bestseller. Oh, yes. That one's a fun. It's a funny. Uh, that, yeah, was originally designed for neurologists to test nerve responses. Yeah, but and you got... Kinky people discovered it and found out that it's also a great central toy. Bondage tape, we saw a ton of that. And that makes things easier if you don't know how to tie and or maybe you don't... Um, you're not really into spending that kind of time on rope and mm-hmm. tying mm-hmm. and you want something quick. The bondage tape is yep. a beautiful thing. And some and people it, like the way it looks. It's shiny. The feel of it. Uh, it comes in different colors, correct? Yeah. Yeah. We have black and pink and red and I don't know if there are other colors, but I know we have at least those covered. Yeah. That I like. A, another kink lab item. The mystic vibe is a, a remote control vibrating egg. Oh, so why remote? is that in the kink lab line? I don't know because it's it's a little bit more techy because it's remote control and right? also it gives you that power over another person. Like you can take them out to a restaurant and have the <laughs> the control in your pocket or in your purse, and you have a little bit of remote control stimulation happening there. Over yeah, while somebody's having a conversation with somebody else, you can. Make- There's a kind of. <laughs> fashionable feminine strap-on we make called La Femme. That's ranking in our top 20. Oh. That's one of our, you know, we've been doing uh, strap-on harnesses since the first year back in the late 80s. But this one is like a, an updated, higher design from from one of our in-house designers that are better than, than me. Um, See, and I love well-made harnesses i'll tell you because yeah i've got some heavy ones i put in there and little ones that i put in there and i need something that can accommodate and really hold up you know <laughs> yeah that's definitely a guiding principle for us there there is a market now for kind of like disposable bondage gear, like pretty picture on the box it's it's not too much money it might be more money than get it and play with it and it actually falls apart after a couple uses or yeah but some people might actually be looking for disposable like yeah i'm not going to use this more than once or twice you know in a flaming vegas or something so that's fine if that's what people want but uh for our gear we're trying to create items that you'll still have years later right you know uh they hold up over time um and that's and that's a big a big thing, really big thing, is the the fact that everything I've gotten through your companies, your main stock room is it's all held together. I have yet to say that oh this fell apart or rivets fell out of that or you know the zipper doesn't work on that. I have yet to do that. Good. And anybody that watches me live on any of my shows and they can see all the kink lab stuff that I have stuff on display. (laughs) We have sold literally millions of products to hundreds of thousands of people. And, you know, so over all of that commerce and all the product made and shipped out, you know, I can't say we've never had any complaints. We do get them from time to time, but we, we are focused on quality. We do quality control. 
we it's a curated collection, even though it is 4,000 plus items that are available on our website. That's a pretty, and by the way, most of that inventory is here in this building. Yes. Uh, or will be made to order here in this building. Uh, you know, we, we are not a dropship operation. There are companies out there, they don't stock anything. They just, they just take feeds of product pictures and descriptions and numbers and prices and whatever orders they get, they send it to the manufacturer and it might be shipped from nine different places, but we're trying to stock everything and it comes from here. It's a curated collection right. where we don't just carry everything from every manufacturer. We pick and choose what we think are the best quality, the best design, the best values. And, uh, your clients get the best. They do. They get your best always. They get your best in everything from latex to leather. You have so many functioning parts here. You didn't just stop at one thing. You branched out to everything. You know that, that, that you filled a hole, you filled a void that people needed and wanted. And now look at how mainstream fetish, kink, BDSM, whatever they want to call it. You've, you are the go-to because you've earned that. Mm. That's for darn sure. Well, we certainly have 9 million competitors now where we used to have none. And then there were just a couple. Yeah. You know, and now there are a lot. And uh, staying relevant means innovating. It means, you know, keeping the original focus on quality and value and good customer service. Yes. Taking good care of our customers. And I will say anything custom, if, uh, like you said earlier, they can contact customer service and say, I want something made. Are you able to do this? And they get your attention. Right. You know, they get to talk to a human yeah, that's going to work the with them. In fact, and if, if you call here now, there is a, you do have to press one number key to get to the right department. Oh, that's not because, bad. Yeah. The customer service team got so tired of routing calls. That's the one kind of concession that, that I did make like, okay, so pick a number for which department you want. But you press the customer service, uh-huh. a real person. During business hours, we'll answer the phone. We also have live chat on our website. So if you want to communicate live with the company, but you're shy about talking on the phone and you just want to do it in text, that's an option as well. At least during the the business hours when we have our customer service people here, which is not 24 hours, but it is seven days a week. uh, They can do live chat with customer service. So you make it easy and people that are still starting out see so friendly with all the newbies. It's like you haven't forgotten about that that boy in the <laughs> apartment going, okay, I'm going to figure this out. Yeah, you know? the company, I started the company, first of all, originally to take care of people like me. Right. Like who I was at that time, a broke college student, but that was kinky and intelligent and wanted some quality gear that didn't cost too much money and didn't right. want to get ripped off or treated by, I don't know, the, the whole adult toy industry in the 80s was a far cry from what it is now. The oh, industry yes. has matured immensely. 
uh, in the early days, I tended to just ignore the rest of most of the rest of the industry, what it was doing, because we had our own mission, our own wavelength, our own thing. We were kinkier and more um, adventurous as far as sexual variation and the emphasis on quality and uh, treating the the adult toy like intelligently. Like, yeah, you have a brain, you're a civilized person, or at least a lot of you are. I must be. You know, and... and you, you want to be treated with a level of respect and sincerity. And right. we did that. That's not as revolutionary a concept now as it was then. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of the industry, I noticed, you know, after 10 or 15 years went by, I kind of pulled my, uh, my head out of the turtle shell it was in and looked around at the rest of the industry and realized, like, oh, it grew up. You know, it's, there's mm-hmm. a lot, there are a lot of other companies now doing good design, good quality, good packaging, you know, have much more tasteful and intelligent approach to everything. It's not like a, either sleazy or gamey or, right. or, um, jokey, you know, no, these are toys for adults. adults it's the right? real stuff. Yeah. So the big kids. we can be mature about our toys. I love that. I love that. Well, Thank you so much for all of this. Oh my God. My I'm, I am excited. I'm going to go downstairs and play in siren for a little bit. Just, <laughs> just to smell the latex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here in LA. I got to do it. Yeah. We certainly encourage anyone that's visiting LA to come see us here. Right. Uh, when we did this the stormy <laughs> leather acquisition, second store for a short time mm-hmm. in uh, San Francisco, We ended up closing that store down because the neighborhood wasn't really right and saying, don't worry, we'll reopen soon. Well, now a few years have gone by. We still haven't reopened. But keep your eye out. It it may happen. You know, San Francisco would be the first place for us to actually reopen a store. And, um, you know, we might might have some other locations. Keep an eye out. We ship all around the world. Right. Uh, every day. And now um, Sick Addictions is committing to some some funning games. I promise you that. And um, my co-host is Rebecca Love, and she's the Skinamax B-movie queen. And she is just a little vanilla cupcake is what she is. So there's nothing more fun than handing her something going, what would you do with that? <laughs> what would you do, cupcake? And it's fun because she keeps me. And, and I get to show her things. Mm -hmm. So, so having, um, you know, dealing with you and stockroom and siren and everything, I've shown her a lot of of my kink lab things and I'm going to start, um, displaying some things. I'm also going to be doing the video Mm -hmm. to see what happens and, and get the video out there of what, what stockroom has, what you choose to throw at me and go, let's see what happens. You know, let's talk about this product. I There's can think a whole... of 25 things. Good. Because yeah. that's what I want. Sure. That's what I want. And sure. we're going to educate and have fun and, and get it out there. And yeah. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about all of this. You taking so much time and actually 
pulling up reports, sales reports for me. So we're not fibbing about what, what Stockroom does. And podcast help you want, you got my number. <laughs> so now that you are full to the top with all kinds of information, um, whether you're a beginner or, you know, a little novice, or whether you are a pro that is looking to kick it up a notch, do me a favor, go to stockroom.com and um, just go from there. Everything is linked up. Every single thing is linked up and enjoy it. And I'll see you next episode. And you've been listening to the Adult Film Star Network, where the sex goes straight to your head. You choose which one. Please, please, Mr. Marvin, have a seat on the couch. Um, okay. This is my first therapy session, Dr. Thumperface. Please relax. Now, tell me about your mother. That's sort of personal, don't you think? Okay, well, uh, well, word association. Say the first thing that comes to your mind. Yellow. Goldfish. Sexy. Goldfish. Nine-person anal gangbang. Uh, goldfish. Ah, Mr. Marvin, why are you here? Well, the truth is, Doc, I'm into some stuff, and I don't know if it's, well, normal. Oh, Mr. Marvin, there isn't anything such as normal when it comes to sex. In fact, here's a prescription. Sick Addictions with Jocelyn Stone? New episodes every Tuesday. Listen to that at least once a week, and you will see that everybody has something that they are into. Okay, Doc, I'll give it a try. Well, our time is up. Seriously? I want to talk more about goldfish. Our time is up. Sick Addictions with Jocelyn Stone. New episodes every Tuesday on adultfilmstarnetwork.com. So, uh, Mr. Marvin... You can tell me. What is your special interest? Well, I'm into PB. PB? I I must admit, I have not heard of that. Yeah. Peanut butter. Oh, Doc. I just love... Next patient!